You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about The Lion King, Pet Cemetery, Shazam, and a little movie called Thor Ragnarok. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, Simon. Morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Busy week. Busy week. It was a busy week. Yeah. It was a tough week. Uh, tough week all around. Um, for Hollywood, for myself, mm-hmm. for the people. Yeah. Uh, but we are back to inject a little light levity. into the world. Hollywood levity. A little entertainment. Yeah. Uh, you guys are watching Meet the Movie Press on the Popcorn Talk Network. I am Jeff Snyder, your loyal host, uh, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at TheInSnyder. With me, as always, Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at ShowbizSimon. Also, the Facebook page, This Is Simon Thompson. Uh, and you can see my work um, pretty much everywhere right now. Which it's is all, over, all the over, over the place. Like I tripped over it outside. I know. Yeah, that was, that was dog shit. That's some of my finest work. Um, Simon, how was your Halloween? It was good, actually. I didn't do anything on Halloween. I, Like a dick, I totally forgot that John Carpenter was doing a show in L.A. Um, with his music uh, on Halloween. And I totally forgot. And then I saw everybody's pictures on Twitter. And I was like, well, nice work, asshole. <laughs> totally missed that one. Um, so I was kind of gutted by that. But it's great. I went to um, I went back to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal last oh, night. Oh, yeah. You, like, live there. You have, like, an office there. Third, third time back uh, this season. It's been a spectacular year. <laughs> Do the, the security recognize you? Do they Pretty just much. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, guys in the beer stands. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it finishes this weekend because they, they always roll it out now to the weekend right. after Halloween. Um, and it's just... It, this year was just a stellar year. So um, if you if you're in LA and you have a chance to go this weekend, do check it out. It's it's genius. I just uh, caught up on on Stranger Things. I'm nice. still not done. I haven't watched. I that can't yet. go on the internet. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've been avoiding. It. It's like all these think pieces. It's like here's episode. Shut up. Shut up. Yes, Shut I know. Up. I yeah. Know. There's a there's a yeah. lot out there. It's already yeah. been ruined so for me. So I'm gonna watch that this weekend. I think. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive right into this week's show and let's start with Thor, Thor, Thor. Right. How did no you rock. like it? How did you like it? <laughs> Thor, Thor, Thor. Uh. So I I saw it a couple of weeks ago and I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's 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 the best reviewed of all the Marvel movies. It's you know. <laughs> But to be honest with you, they always get a glowing review, most of them. You know, but, yeah. um, I, I, I loved it when I saw it. It's been about four, four or five weeks now since I got to see it. I had so much fun with that movie. I saw it last night yeah. with, with my buddy. With an audience, with a real audience. With a real audience, yeah. an audience that uh, got into a fight in the middle of the screening. What? Did you see my tweet? No, a I didn't. A fight broke out in the, th- in the back right corner of the theater about three quarters of the way through the movie. I just saw people tussling on the stairs, like in headlocks and shit. It was fucking crazy at the Arclight. What, what caused that? I have no idea. Believe me, I would have loved to have found out. Uh, but, you know, props to the Arclight staff. They yeah. dealt with it quickly and quietly. And, uh, and my man Daniel Acosta was there. He's a listener to, of the show. Yeah. And he recognized me coming out. And then I got a tweet last night being like, oh, man, I'm sorry that had to happen in your, in your Thor screening. Uh, so, Daniel Acosta, thanks for watching, buddy. Wow. And, uh, and for dealing with everything quickly and quietly. That's Give this awesome. man a raise, Arclight. Um, so, Thor Ragnarok, I liked it. Yeah, Ant Man can sleep safe. His his mantle is not threatened. I don't mm-hmm. think Ant Man is still so clearly by far the best Marvel movie. I, I don't understand I agree. how agree. anybody can argue otherwise. Um, this movie, I it's just in my wish. Top three. I just wish that Marvel could find screenwriters as talented as its production designers mm. and costume designers. 
The movie looks gorgeous. Mm. It was beautiful. Uh, the cast was fun. Yeah. You know, there were, there's some funny lines, but man, what is this plot? What is this stuff? Simon, can you explain to me what Hella's plot was? Like, no, I, 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 this is something I had. This is one of the few problems I had with the movie, to be honest with you. There was only like a handful in total. Um, I thought she was just completely superfluous, kind of wasted. And I, don't, I also don't think she was used enough in the movie. Her presence was kind of there, but it was really, it was, it was Thor's movie, Hulk's movie, um, Tessa Thompson's kind of movie, and Jeff Goldblum's movie, and then villain another after kind of on Marvel top villain. of that. I'm for me, it was like she. If, if I have it correctly, she's just trying to get a sword the whole movie, yeah. and then the sword will allow her to be to to rule, and she will rule more than the nine lands mm. that she ruled before. There were there were worlds she didn't get to. Like and then, what is the plan once you take over and, and now you are the ruler? Is it to enslave people? Is it to kill everyone? Like I just I don't get what the fucking plan is. It it seems we've talked about this before. Where some of the Marvel movies and certainly some of the DC movies they have a problem with with having the the villain right. It's just world domination. And this, just, yeah, and this this seems to be another generic. an ongoing issue with both franchises. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed her in it. But it was kind of she like it was wasn't... good. It was like she was fun. It was nice to see her vamp it up. Yeah, uh, strong female villain. I thought you know it was cool when she go like this and, and the horns, yeah. antlers would come was out. Beautiful. Or the hell it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Goblin was fun. You know, honestly, my favorite character and it was Dyka himself. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Korg. Yeah, he was great. The genius. Uh, I can see a spinoff or certainly spinoff things. I'd love to see like a for the next sort of um, Thor movie if they do one or if they do you know for, for Infinity War I'd like to see that character come back and I'd like to see some of the you know the fun stuff they did with Thor um, at home and with his flatmates yeah, and stuff yeah, like. yeah. I'd love that to see good. him and those two those two characters together like, that would be fun I, I, this wasn't a bad movie I suppose I enjoyed myself last night I was looking for a palate cleanser me and my buddy saw Thelma uh, which we which was a little slow for our taste so we were right. like Thelma got out at like 9.02 9.03 and we look at each other and the movie's at 9 uh, Thor was at 9.15 so like, can we get from the screening room to the arc light in, in 12 minutes and we made it um, Thelma of course the spin-off solo project from Thelma and Louise <laughs> something like yeah, that yeah uh, yeah I just I have a problem with some of the, I, I, I'll tell you I like the score I like the score a lot in Thor yeah. Ragnarok. I just have a problem with some of these. It's all just the same. All these Marvel movies are kind of the same. Like, can they just run the script past me? I will help them. I think that's fair. It's getting that way. I think certainly there's there's quite a few now that do have this levity in it. You've got the ones that are sort of more serious in action, the ones that have the levity. And this possibly had more levity than any of them. But this is definitely in the Ant-Man Guardians levity camp. And then you've got the more serious sort of Civil War kind of movies where it's serious with some levity but i so i updated my my blog last okay. night uh with my with my 2017 rankings and i yeah. was trying to figure out where thor ragnarok belongs i gave it two and a half out of four stars i <laughs> put it right below guardians 2 i think i preferred guardians 2 to this just because there's an emotional element to guardians 2 that mm. this that this movie was lacking it's just i like that it didn't take itself seriously but at the same time there was no real weight to it yeah see for me i, I much preferred this to guardians 2 guardians 2 for me was a big disappointment this year um mm -hmm. unfortunately because i loved i loved the first guardians movie i really really enjoyed that um and that's that's probably my top five um of marvel movies but and you know, this i enjoyed considerably more i think this one what what for me this one got right where guardians 2 got wrong was 
the balance between the action, the humor, etc., etc., was was much more honed. Was, I this think it was a more consistent. It was very film. consistent. Yeah, um, we'll give you that. But but also having at times its own compartment, obviously like a little aside. Um, but I, I really like the way this was done. Me for Guardians Two, it's kind of like they took too much humor and then kind of forgot to put in. All the the, the 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 natural flow between the characters, which didn't kind of work. I as just much for I me. don't know if I'm putting too much uh, emphasis on the story, having gone to you know screenwriting school, as my yeah. degree is in. <laughs> I just don't know if I care too much about it. If if I should care less, I mean, but, I don't know. No, I think you're right. I mean, the screenwriting could have done with some extra work. But if I'm bluntly honest, I don't think many people, what I refer to as normal people, go to these movies, whether it's Marvel or, or DC, um, to for the script. Right. Yeah, they, they, you're right. They just want to totally see fair. fun shit happen on screen, you know, and that's kind of why they buy their tickets. Okay. So anything, I think anything else to say about Thor? No, I mean it's gonna do. It's gonna do well. Let's look at the box office. Wise. Just dive, let's just dive into box office. Do it up yeah, front. Yeah, it's gonna do. Uh, it did fourteen and a half last night. That's which really is, good, right? Which is good. It's below um, uh, Guardians and it's below um, Spider Man. But it I was think. higher than Guardians two, right? Higher than Guardians two, and higher I than think. Deadpool. I think I, I have to so, read the, we can the check article on that. again. But. Um, but it's looking at a weekend about a hundred, hundred and eighteen, um, which is good. I think it's actually gonna do a little bit more than that because I know a lot of people who are genuinely pretty excited. The buzz as far as movie buzz among normal people um, over the last couple of months. This is certainly on the higher end. I know a lot of people who, who are anticipating seeing this opening weekend. Um, so I think it could do well. I think we could see it possibly go a little bit higher, maybe 120. I could see that possibly happening. That, that seems to be around but the I ceiling, think, 120, yeah, 125. I, yeah, I think that'd be fine. I don't think 125. I'd be surprised if it hits that, but certainly mm. around 120. Um, and then really the only other wide opener this weekend is um, A Bad Mom's Christmas, which did previews of 4.5 and is looking at 23 to 26 for the weekend. That's for the three-day, Yeah, for the, right? for the three-day, yeah. Because right, it opened Wednesday. Did yeah, you see so, it? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I went on to see it last week because I did the, the cast after the show last week. I went straight from here to uh, to the hotel to, to chat to them. Um, I didn't like it. Um, I mean, was, I, I laughed occasionally. Um, I it just didn't have the same feeling of the first film. This mm-hmm. was very much it felt like three films. It felt like dick jokes. Um, and women getting drunk, mother-daughter stuff, and then Christmas. And none of the three elements of this film, which all right. kind of had to be there. They, yeah. yeah, it was a very much like, we're going to change the tone. That's a good point. And it was just choppy. It just didn't quite work for me. I mean, you know, there's some spectacular dick jokery in here. So I think that the, the filth level, the filth game, is high. Very, very good. Then that just doesn't sit with everything else. It's interesting. Some good of the, cast, re- the reviews that I've seen on, I've, I've you know, even, even Drew said it was very well cast. Mm. Um, oh yeah, no, the cast is great, but, really good. Uh, but but some of the reviews that I've seen, it's almost like men seem to be having more fun with this one because it's a little bit more crass. And I've seen women really take it to task. Some female critics just being like, you know, you're, you're trying to make the girls' version of The Hangover like make it like a funny guy movie, and it's just not working. So but, that's just been an interesting divide that I've noticed in the reviews. I think it's quite interesting. We don't see that many sort of you know adults. Christmas comedies. I mean, probably the strongest ones that come to mind are, are like this one, um, uh, Bad Santa. Bad Santa 2 was terrible. Um, you know, we don't really see that many of these, and I think some people find it a little bit difficult to, pardon my French, swallow um, dick jokes at Christmas. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's fine. It's not as good as Bad Moms, um, and I think they should stop this now. We get it. 
mums get drunk and get Larry. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but you know, it'll it'll do fine. It'll do okay at the box office. I'll um, catch it so as, we'll a, as a rental in a few yeah, months. I'm, it's I'm it's not, not a terrible rush out to film. It's just not quite. It doesn't really fulfil all of its potential. But Hollywood, please give Catherine Hahn her own movie because I fucking love her and she is by far the best thing. I, I love her and Mila and Kristen together. I think they work really, really well. But Catherine Hahn, I could watch her all day. I, like, I absolutely love her. I like her. to see her as like a comedy villain in something. Yeah. But she, seriously, she delivers filthy jokes like they're going out of fashion. It's mm-hmm. just brilliant. I love her. So. Um, okay, let's move it along. Okay. Uh, let's talk about The Lion King. Yeah. Holy shit. That blew up my Twitter feed this uh, this week. Possibly the worst kept secret in Hollywood this year. You know what? I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. The, wor- the worst kept secret. This. We were expecting an announcement at D23. And literally everybody, they announced the entire cast of The Lion King, and then there was no Nala. Uh, and Kroll had reported months and months earlier mm. that they were trying to, to court Beyonce. And obviously that this is... What the holdup was, um, you know, I think they were really trying to work out the deal for the soundtrack because yeah. that soundtrack is going to sell like fire. Oh shit! Uh, and I'm sure she wanted yeah. to be well compensated for it, uh, as as I'm sure she will be. Um, so yeah, the cast came out in full. We also got the hyenas: uh, Eric Andre, Florence uh, Kasumba, and uh, Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Um, John Oliver. It, uh, yeah, yeah, they confirmed him, and they confirmed Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, and and. Man, what a cast. It's a, that it's is, this a, is what I put on Twitter, cast. and Jesus. I love the cast of the original Lion King. I think they really, really cast that well, but this is just a different league. I'm genuinely really excited about it. I this. couldn't believe the pickup that my tweet about Hans Zimmer got. I had Quest Love tweeting with me yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's just a, a, a bajillion Hans Zimmer fans. I couldn't believe how strong the Zimmer people came out the Zimmer force. frame I don't even know what to call the Zimmer fans um, <laughs> Z- obviously he won an Oscar for doing the original so yeah. he's coming back mm-hmm. you know I think Questlove had expressed some interest in mm-hmm. doing the music for it uh, and I and I'm not it's not that I'm not surprised I'm surprised they didn't go with like an African African American artist like you know maybe Pharrell Williams somebody like that but Hans, if some if Hans Zimmer wants to come back and do it why wouldn't you let him yeah. you know absolutely uh, you can't you can't make this a, a, a racial thing just because you know the cast of Lion King is obviously going to be uh, heavily African American. Um, I think this movie makes a billion and a half dollars, maybe even two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be gigantic. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's you know it's going to be something completely of its own. Um, I mean, I just I was very excited and very pleased when it was announced. I was just going into Call Me by Your Name when this this dropped, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh shit! Now I've got to turn my phone off. Um, and I you know I just was like, yeah, everybody knew this was going to be the case but when you just saw that final piece of the jigsaw come in you're like this is this is really going to be something that's a lot of pressure special, on john favreau but judging by what he did with jungle uh, book, jungle which book I, wasn't, yeah. I didn't have high hopes for if i'm really honest with you. jungle book i'm i've has never been a favorite disney film of mine at all and as a book it's like it's fine but you know j- just this is like favs but also with a cast like this it's going to be kind of hard to fuck it up Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these guys and, and women are very, very talented. And James Earl Jones knows this subject matter inside out. They're, I mean, Billy Eichner and, and Seth, they're just gonna, they're gonna do the legwork. And and they're let's just not gonna do Don, that. Donald Glover is Simba. It still blows yeah. my mind that Donald Glover, who I had all my classes with at NYU, yeah. Beyonce is now his love interest. Yeah. 
Donald Glover, big fan of the show. I understand. Yeah, big yeah, he show. tunes in each week. Yeah, yeah. He's always tweeting <laughs> about so it. so much fan mail from yeah. Donald. He's like, oh my God, Jeff. Ah, um, but yeah, no, congrats to everyone yeah. who, who has been cast in that movie. And uh, man, I, I wish Disney the best of luck. When is mm. that? June, July 2019? 2019. July 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are, I mean, literally, people as soon as they could start Fandango booking now. And people would buy those tickets. Speaking of things that they could start Fandango booking for, yes. uh, 10 years in the future, Yes, Kathleen Kennedy mm. is not... This is shocking news. Kathleen Kennedy not stopping the Star Wars franchise what? after Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh. I thought that was going to be the last one. Apparently, they're going to continue making these movies for the, the next 10 years? Just milking a cash cow. Uh, I don't know go. why this was really considered news this week, no. that, that things are going to continue For me, I'm, I'm fine with this. I mean, I, enjoy, I had this conversation with a friend of mine last night. Um, I, I enjoyed the Star Wars movies. I don't get you know, I don't get super hyped like everybody else, and I'll be honest with you, Last Jedi, the, the trailer has not had the same effect that mm-hmm. Force Awakens did when that came in. Rogue One, I thought, was a stellar, stellar action trailer. This, for me, I'm still kind of like, um, I, I really want to see it, but I'm like, it didn't blow me away as a trailer. Um, I... I'm okay with there being more Star Wars movies. I'm just worried about dilution of quality. And I think at the moment, quality is kind of a, a bit of a hot topic for them because they just need to make sure there's that the strengths that they have. They continue to play to those, but they don't become samey, and it just doesn't become a little bit washed out as a franchise. That That's my only concern. But also, where, how far and where can you take this? I mean, do you do... More, do you concentrate on more spin-offs? Do you want more original movies? Do you want to do more like Rogue One, which are filling in gaps? Well, the play the playlist, I, I you know I love the playlist. Uh, it's one of my they're one of my favorites, and um, they had a really interesting take where Kathleen Kennedy, who I don't think has partic- I mean, yes, the movies have made money, but obviously they've lost a, a zillion directors. Mm. Uh, I think it's fair to question what's going on over there. She keeps saying, "Well, the possibilities are endless. You know, there's a lot of possibilities in this galaxy, and uh, so it's ironic then that mm. they just keep playing with the same characters and telling the same tiny stories. I'd like to see a Star Wars movie full of new characters, no links or anything to the Skywalker clan or you know these tertiary yeah. characters. I just, uh, I, don't know. I think Rogue One has proved that you can have a Star Wars universe movie." where you don't have any of the characters that anybody has any previous knowledge or attachment to and still and, and have it still be a success. I don't know. It's still it but it's still I'm operating still in that one. one little corner rogue one. Like mm. I want just go uh, like there's a whole other galaxy, a whole lot of other worlds, I don't know. Try rogue something two. new. Rogue harder. <laughs> rogue. Um Rogue 27. That's bad rogues Christmas. So yeah, we we will see what Kathleen and uh, and her story group, the Lucasfilm story group, have up their sleeves. But also from a marketing point of view, I mean, those films are going to sell themselves. We don't have to worry too much. You know, that's not yeah. that's not hard. But also, then you've got things like someone was just saying in the chat. We've got Star Wars Land and that kind of thing as well. So on the 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 product and the the physicality of the Star Wars world, there's a lot of money and there's a lot of effort being put into that to make sure that this does not die. Um, right, and it would never die. You know, it might just go further down the ladder of of hot topics. But Star Wars will never die, and people will still keep spending money on it. And if they, 
if you don't have that many other original ideas, I mean, but, you know what? Wants to I, make money. I, 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 listen, it's going to be very interesting. I don't really care about box office, but it's going to be very interesting to see what the Last Jedi's box office is. Yeah, is this franchise trending down? Is there a way to make it even bigger than it is? I just look at something like Star Trek and how by you know that third Star Trek film. Not that Star Trek is on the same cultural level mm. really as Star Wars. Sorry, Trekkies. But uh, well, yeah, by the end, people were just like, I don't care. So I think uh, Last Jedi, as much as I know, many, many, the majority of people who I think would go and see it are excited about it. I'm not getting quite the same buzz that I got around Force Awakens, because obviously that was the first one for quite a while. But also Rogue One last year. I know a lot of people who are very curious about this. And this, I think people are already starting to feel that, yes, they will go and see it because they like Star Wars and looking forward to it. But it seems more of a, a tradition um, a, a routine that right. they enjoy yeah. rather than them going to see it because they specifically are excited about it. Yeah, these movies are flop proof. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a massive And I have, I have a lot of faith yeah. in Ryan Johnson. I think this is going to be the best one regardless of whether they can cut a good trailer for it. Sometimes you just can't cut a good trailer for a great movie. That's kind Some, of the charm of the movie. And sometimes you cut a great trailer for a shitty movie. Well, we've seen that a lot. We have. Um, and speaking of uh, The Last Jedi, there's yeah. a lot of theaters who are... Well, you're saying that they're refusing to show it, or, th- or are they going along with this? Well, no, they're, they're, they're considering not showing The Last Jedi, and the reason is because uh, when you, for those of you that don't know, when you are an exhibitor, when you're a studio, you can put, you have certain deals in place with movie theatres um, about just what revenue you get and that kind of thing, and how, you know, uh, sort of the finer print about the logistics of, of making sure people get their money, how many screens, how many showings they have to hit. So basically, apparently, Disney have turned around to a number of distributors and said that they want to take 65% of ticket sales. So Disney take that 65 so it's con- it's very much the lion's share now obviously movie theaters we all know it's it's a well-known fact that they make the majority of their money from things like concessions so popcorn etc it's why they're so expensive very low cost very high yield but 65 percent of ticket sales is inordinately large amount but also there are certain things like the fine print where um if if a movie theater decides to pull a screening for whatever mm-hmm. um they will then have to um give um, another percentage, so five percent, you know, to, to make up, and every screen has to be. If you want to cancel the screening, it has to be approved by Disney. So it's very, it's a very tight. But I mean, Disney, Lucasfilm, you know, many other things like the Warner guys with Harry Potter, they're very specific about what they do and how things are presented, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But sixty-five percent seems a little bit. That's that's a chunk that, more than that's only usual. after five hundred million, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I, I thought that was a really interesting story in the Wall Street Journal. Walk. We know it's going to walk 500 yeah, million. Yeah, yeah, So these, these returns would be pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, no, I, I have, uh, I think, Neil writing something about it uh, today. Okay. Um, just just that, that model is very interesting to me. I think Disney has done it before for certain mm. movies. Uh, I think Phantom Menace. Uh, was actually one of them. And don't forget, there was the big disagreement, the big big kerfuffle with Quentin Tarantino about the Cinerama Dome, where you know he he wanted to have um, Hateful Eight shown in the Cinerama Dome um, in in LA, and basically then it went to uh, went to uh, Rogue One because um, was it Rogue? Yes, it was Rogue One. Was it Force Awakens? When did that? It was Rogue. I don't know. Oh, it was one of the two. Um, and basically, they put they put the, the Star Wars movie in there instead. Um, and he was like, well, they promised me, blah, blah, blah. But it was, again, it was a Disney saying, we want that 
Right, we that's the thing. Disney, that. Disney has the leverage because they have, the they have such market share. They've, yeah, what is it, twenty six percent market but share based on thirteen a, if movies? If you're a movie theater, you don't want. I mean, you, you can sell tickets to the Last Jedi until the cows come home. You're not going to have a problem selling those movie tickets. So, uh, if you're a movie theater, you then you kind of go, well, if I don't accept these terms and I don't show the Last Jedi, everybody else is going to go to this movie theater down the road, my rival, right? Exactly. And they're going to go. So, kind of, it's like, well, you don't really have. You don't really have a lot of choice but to accept the terms if you want everything else that comes off the back of The Last Jedi moolah. Well said. You know, so that's kind of... It's it's not okay, but you don't really have a lot of options but to accept it because otherwise there's so much more you're going to lose on top of that. It's tough, uh, it's tough call. It's difficult. Yeah. It's really I'm difficult. I'm not a theater owner, yeah. but uh, those are the kinds of conversations that happen at CinemaCon And they're being year. squeezed in so many ways, theater owners, these days. It's so much harder to actually run a theater, even when you're part of a chain. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit unfair to do this. Um, what's next on your list, Simon? You pick. Okay. Dealer's um, choice. Yeah, let's talk about Mark Strong. Your, your bald brethren. My bald brethren from Bloody Blighty. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Strong um, is going to play uh, another villain. He's in um, early talks to play the early villain, talks. to be fair. He, uh, yeah, I think he'll do it. I would put money on it. Um, um, and that was reported by our pal uh, Umberto Gonzalez over at The Wrap. Absolutely. Um, He's all over this Shazam stuff. Yeah. He, He's he, really nailing this. He so is, credit. is high on that project. Um, now, this is not the first time that he will have played um, a villain in the DC Universe, because obviously he was in the Green Lantern. <coughs> Terrible film. Um, yeah, I was I'm actually not... worried about you. There. I was like, "Are you choking?" <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I remember interviewing Mark in London for the Green Lantern, and he was des- des- He's a consummate professional, and he was desperately trying to convince everybody. And he was doing a pretty good job, you know, because he's a great actor of telling everybody how important it was and how exciting it was to be in the movie. And at the end of the interview, we were just like. He said, did you like the movie? I went, I've got to be honest with you, no, I, I thought it was terrible. And he went, it, it, it is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, think he, I think he wants another go um, at, at playing he, a decent villain. He sure likes comic book movies, he though. Does. I mean, he's also the villain in Kick-Ass. He's yeah. in Kingsman as a good guy, obviously. Yeah. That's two movies. But I like the fact that he still does these sort of more, more, more serious, more sort of dramatic roles of merit. Outside of sort of you know comic book franchises and stuff as well, um, you know obviously great in Kingsman. Um, you know I'd love to see him in Shazam, but it's nice to see him you know maintaining that kind of. And I don't even integrity. think we did we even talk about Shazam last week because it broke on Friday, yeah, right? No, we didn't. didn't it? We didn't. Zachary Levi, yeah, from NBC's Chuck has been cast as Shazam. Yeah. Were you surprised by that at all? Because I did not see that one coming. No, I did not see that one coming at all. Yeah. Very John, surprised. John Cena had sort of been considered the favorite I'd heard. He wouldn't have been on a list of names that I would have drawn up for that. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, J- Jake McDormand uh, is someone else, and, and there were a couple of... Oh, Billy Magnuson, I think, was one of the uh, others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zachary Levi, well-known geek. Yep. Uh, you know, has a lot of geek cred in that community. Hosts a huge party at Comic-Con mm-hmm. uh, each year. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily see him as a movie star. Yeah, but only because I well, really haven't why, been exposed to much of his work. That's why he wouldn't have been on the list of of names if you just said draw up a list of five or ten names of people that you think might be in the running for Shazam. He's not a name that would have probably even popped into my head. So I'm, I was quite surprised. But to be honest with you, I'm not going to criticize it because I'm. We see a lot of 
the same well-known faces coming into these franchises right. and movies and stuff now. And it's actually nice to have someone who already has heritage and clearly loves, you know, comic books, um, but coming in and being given a chance to to do a big role like that. Um, I'm, you know, good. Go for it. It appeals to me more than having like. I'm, oh, I'm curious casting. what the tone. Uh, you know what the tone will be. I think you know this is about a, a boy. Yep. And and uh, you know the the superhero that he can turn into. So yeah. I imagine it's going to be a little bit more family friendly, maybe a little bit more comedic, judging by Zach Levi's resume. Yep. Um, yeah. And then Grace Fulton also uh, in negotiations to join the cast. Yep. I'd never heard of her. No. Uh, I'll, I'll apologies, but only because I I didn't see Annabelle Creation. She's like the star of that movie, and this is from the director of Annabelle she, Creation. Yes, yeah, she is. But I mean, she's not exactly a name that again would pop into your head, or you if you you know had a picture well, I mean, on the a lot sheet, of people saying Annabelle Creation. I'm yeah, sure they would, they're going to recognize really her. Yeah, I she just wasn't on on my no. radar. Uh, and and Cruel of Variety broke uh, that one. So yeah, you're looking at Zach Levi, Mark Strong, and Grace Fulton. Um, and uh, I imagine that they're pretty close on casting their their boy, their yeah. Billy Batson. I no, I, I I like it. I mean, it's fresh. It's nice to see these new people, people that you don't already have too much association with. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 psyched. Shazam again, as I've said previously, it's not really a character that I'm massively familiar with. I know the story, I know the mm-hmm. idea, um, but to have a new new comic book character being brought alive with a new fresh cast to me that that's that's more of a win than I'm curious else. what the budget is going to be uh, for that movie since it is being you know aggressively built as, as a new line project not a Warner Brothers project yeah I mean uh, what was it San Andreas was mm. new line that was a, a big budget um, is Shazam going to look like other movies in the DC universe or is it going to be more of like a 75 million dollar thing my, my, million my, dollar? my gut says sort of um, around fifty, for, that's forty, really 40 cheap. fifty, yeah, for a DC yeah. superhero movie. I just so. think it's going to go that lower end. I don't think they're going to, right? Yeah, I think the expense is going to be on the things like the effects and the look of the movie, and then obviously post that marketing. But I think actually the budget for the movie, I think with that level of talent that we're talking about, unless they get someone about big, that. Hollywood Reporter, get on that, yeah. Um, and Possibly, f- I mean, maybe maybe seventy five, but I don't see them putting a huge. I think they'd want to do the, the popular model at the moment of, of, a, of a middling to low investment and look at potentially high returns. The, the flip side of the Shazam coin, yeah. is Black Adam. Yep. Um, now everybody thought that Dwayne Johnson was going to be the villain in a Shazam movie, mm. and I think that maybe Dwayne wasn't down for that plan. Mm. Uh, you know, like why do I want to basically be in, in somebody else's superhero movie? Um, so, you know, New Line decided that they're going to concurrently develop a, a Black Adam movie. A, a, now, the language that I feel like is being used and sent to us, you know, by the studio is a little different because it's saying, like, these films are being de- developed concurrently. Like, yeah. Shazam's kind of, like, way beyond development at this point if it's already casting. Um, I'm not sure if Dwayne Johnson is going to appear in Shazam, like, like you know, towards the end as, like, a secondary villain, and mm-hmm. that's how they're going to introduce him and set him up for his own movie. That like is, Russell that, Crowe in The Mummy. That is what I would assume. Yeah. Uh, you know, people were de- – just, like, yesterday when, when Strong was announced, they were like, wait, I thought, you know, Dwayne Johnson was the villain. Um, he is a villain of Shazam who's getting his own movie, and uh, and I broke the, the news this week that Adam – Zdikiel? I'm never, I'm never not going to fucking pronounce that. <laughs> I think it's Zdikiel. Yeah. Stikiel? I don't know. Adam Stikiel? The guy who wrote uh, Due Date um, and a few other uh, New Line movies that just haven't been made. He's mm. obviously worked with the studio a lot. He is in negotiations to write a Black Adam movie. 
Uh, yeah, I just don't know enough about these characters or what to expect. Talking about the from... boy Shazam, um, we've got Zeno Hour asking, uh, is that Finn Wolfhard and Billy Bastion rumor true? Um, I think Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things as the boy in Shazam could be interesting. Uh, I don't think so. No? No. I think they're much younger. Okay. Is it? Is, I mean, is the boy 13 or 14? How old's Finn? You look 15? like he's 14. 14? I don't know. I I feel like he's the kid from Stranger Things and yeah. the kid from it. I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go that route. I, I think you're looking for a kid like um, Ty Simpkins. Mm. Uh, you know? Uh, you're looking for like a 10 to 12 year old boy. Yeah. Yeah, I think Finn um, Wolfhard's a little older. Yeah. If I can say something real quick. Yes, um, of course. I actually heard something on DC Movie <gasps> News yesterday. Okay. And it's not uh, Finn Wolfhard. Um, I can't remember his actual name, but he plays Will Byers in Stranger Things. The oh, yeah, that kid. Yeah, it was supposed to be him instead of Finn. I yeah, believe. I could see that kid. He's a lead. Yeah, I could see him definitely easier than I could Finn Wolfhard. Okay. No, Noah Schnapp, right? Like that's his name? Yeah, that's his name. Ah, right. I could see that. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. Eh, it's not up to us. No, no, it's not. Are they basically going, now every single casting agent in Hollywood's going, okay, which of the Stranger Things kids can we get? Yeah. Which I haven't seen season two. I haven't seen. I've been avoiding spoilers all week, so. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Those kids oh. are like kind of the Stranger Things kids now, you know? Yeah. Um, Although Millie Bobby Brown continues to impress me on a daily basis. She's just such I can, a Can you say that three girl. times fast? Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> if I say it three times in a mirror, does she appear? Which would be um, weird because I'm a grown man and I don't really want children suddenly <laughs> yes, appearing around you me. You are. You are. Yeah. Let's talk about some reboots, some sequels, some okay. shit like that. Uh, there's three on the docket, so you pick one. Okay, let's go with Halloween. Boom. 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 Uh, first of all, the rumors this week, Zac Efron um, tweeted a picture of him and um, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, on Halloween. He's a he's a big fan of, of Jamie Lee Curtis and the original Halloween movies. And everybody lost their shit. It was like, oh, oh my God, Zac Efron's in the new Halloween. No, no. That picture was taken in September at a charity event where he mate, met Jamie Lee Curtis. And he was psyched to meet her. And he thought it would be a good idea to tweet on Halloween. He is currently, I say currently, because things change in Hollywood, not cast or involved in any way in the Halloween movie. That Thank is you, Sam, and thank you for so saying you so, so that I didn't have to. I mean, what a ridiculous <laughs> fucking, fucking story this week. It just, it suddenly, everyone went mad, mad over this. Everyone, think you, I mean, you think you're a reporter because you can look, go, look on Twitter and take a screenshot. Like, just... Call, just email, call, do something to try to verify the Easy. information before you run it and tell the entire world that it's happening. That's all. It's, it's so much chance. It's not. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is this is the world that we live in. Um, but yeah, so basically that is not the case. He is currently not involved in the Halloween movies at all. Uh, John Carpenter is, though. Um, and he said that the new Halloween movie is going to ignore all the other Halloween sequels. So I think this is basically going to pick up off the back of Halloween 2. That's a sequel. Like I, I this is like the mixed message. I, I have to say, the mixed messaging on this movie has been a fucking disaster. I think unless they're going to go back to Halloween, the original they should, Halloween, like, but... like, they should just come out and say what the fuck it is at this point because mm. everyone's like, well, no, it's going to pick up after this movie or it's going to take this into account and like, come on. I'll, I actually have something to say on this one too. Um, the last thing I heard from this was actually was going to pick up after the original Halloween. Oh, not the original Halloween, Halloween, not Halloween not 2. Halloween 2, because Halloween 2 is where they reveal that the Laurie Strode is actually a sister to uh, 
to Mike Myers, and I believe David Gordon Green didn't like that idea. So they're starting off. They're I, going off the I second one. I never like that. I never like that they're related. Yeah. Um, okay. Because originally they had said it was going to be Halloween too, but this, I agree. This makes they more did sense. say that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So this will then obviously be after the first Halloween, which I think is great. I still love that movie, although I do love Halloween too as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's what we know about Halloween. You go for the next one. Next one is uh, because I know nothing about the one that begins with a Q. Uh, let's talk about Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Pet Cemetery. I love, actually may even love Pet Cemetery two more, which is not a popular opinion. <laughs> it's um, a great movie though, and it got uh, it, it got a couple directors. Uh, I believe it's De- Dennis Widmeyer mm-hmm. and Kevin Kolsch, right? They Behind did. Starry they did Eyes. Sorry Eyes. Did you see Sorry Eyes? I did. What'd you think? I liked it. I didn't love it. Really. No. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I liked it. I didn't love it as much as everybody else. A lot of people kind of got really excited about it, but I did like it. I didn't. I didn't love it. I'm fine with this higher. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I, you know, I, I support studios like going after guys like this. Mm. Um, like I was excited when uh, David Bruckner was going to do Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Um, so I think this is that same kind of hire. I mean, it, it is that same kind of hire. Paramount as well. Um, I, yeah, I just had to say I, I didn't really love Starry Eyes, but I'm totally open to you know these guys taking this on and look forward to what their take is. Yeah, no, I had a, it's actually talking about those guys. I had a really interesting chat. I'm going to put it up um, either this weekend or early next week uh, with Joe Lynch because uh, his new movie Mayhem comes out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a really interesting chat about him with these guys related to some other projects and stuff as well and um, remakes and reboots. And stuff that he might be interested in doing um which is quite quite fun so uh, that'll be going up on forbes next week okay um but yeah so the queue the the leap yeah quantum leap movie it was announced a couple of weeks ago that apparently um uh donald belisario had been working on a script he had a script it was it was already some sitting somewhere ready to be done looks like this quantum leap movie could actually be a thing that would would happen rather than just something that someone's written and is now sitting on a shelf just kind of gathering dust um it's source code though basically was a quantum leap movie which i love duncan jones movie great um but i i do miss quantum leap i love that tv show and i think you could possibly have some good fun with with this come on kevin hart as the assistant I mean, this is one of those things where it's just like, this is not my property. Like, Quantum Leap and Northern Did Exposure you... are kind of, le- like, uh, exposure. In, in my head no, no, for no. some reason. No, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm too young for this. <laughs> I think I'm too young for that property. Ah, uh, see, I, I think we, I think that would be it, actually Bacula? quite... Is that who it was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> see, I thought well, you would have been all over I'm not Quantum a big Leap. fan of, like, oh, time, time travel movies to begin with. I'm like, you know, I'm not a bad Back to the Future guy. No? No. Wow. No. I thought I knew you. No. Wow. No, I, 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 th- I think that'd be quite good fun. I think they could have some really fun casting that, and I think, uh, I mean, it, it could be really fun or it could turn, turn out to be horrible. Um, but, I mean, because a, a lot of these TV <laughs> Big shows... Big range that, to play there. Well, a lot of these TV shows that get turned into movies, they're more often than not quite horrible. Um, you know, there'd be more than a fair few disasters in that area. But I mean, I think Quantum Leap could be something that maybe Hollywood could actually not be so ham-fisted with and could actually make um, some fun with. Let me ask you, Simon. Okay. Yeah, ask in, me. in your travels through Hollywood, did you ever yes. meet Tom Ortenberg? Not that I'm aware of. The head of Open Road? No. Uh, well, it was announced this week that Tom is leaving uh, Open Road. Okay. Uh, and I just had to say on the show, I think I think Tom is one of the smartest executives uh, in Hollywood that, that I've met. Uh, he was in, on the ground floor of Open Road and Lionsgate. Mm. 
uh, two indie studios that went on to win Best Picture. Yep. Uh, with Crash and and with Spotlight, uh, I liked the movies that Open Road was either making or acquiring mm. uh, and releasing to the world, like Nightcrawler and End of Watch, two yep. great Jake Gyllenhaal yep. movies. Absolutely, the, the Gray, mm-hmm. Joe Carnahan's movie with uh, Liam Neeson. I like Snowden that. with Joe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Bleed for this with Miles Teller. So uh, I don't know, you know, what direction Open Road is going to go in uh, in the future mm. under under Rob Friedman's leadership. But uh, just wanted to to pour one out for Tom Mordenberg, who is always been a mensch to me. Do we know where he's heading off to? Uh, he'll probably, he, he may start his own company that okay. I sort of alluded to in the deadline piece yesterday. Interesting. So. Um, just was just curious. How would you like so, a scoop? Oh, you know what? Is it scoop time? I scoop think it time. is. Yeah. Guys, this is a good one. Sometimes, you know, Simon teases these scoops and I'm like, oh great, what do we got? Oh a God. start date on some movie I don't care about? Zac this Efron is legitimate, yeah. okay? Are you ready? So take it away. Okay, here's the full story. So I, I went to Denver last weekend to see my uh, my in-laws, my brother and sister-in-law and nephews. Um, and on the way back, uh, across the aisle from me, there was a guy who was, who was being very sort of careful with all his papers, and he was working away, worked away through all the flat. And some of the uh, some of the, the papers had numbers and names on them, and I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. Could be a businessman, could be something else. And he dropped part of this dossier of papers underneath his seat. And he didn't realise. And I was like, OK, I'm going to have a little look and see what this is. And then just as we were coming back into LAX, he was putting all his papers away and he looked panicked on his face. He was looking for this dossier of papers that was obviously missing. And I was like, hello. I don't think that's just any old bit of paper. So I let him sort of scrabble around for a minute. And then I grabbed the paper and I pulled it up and said, are you looking for this? And on the front of it was written, cable guy... Get Connected. It's a treatment for a sequel to The Cable Guy. Now, it was, a, it was quite thick, so it's obviously gone past the just an idea. It was quite a thick dossier. So it looks like there's going to be a sequel to The Cable Guy. Wait a second. This is not what you described before the, before the show. No, is that the time I went out with Jim, Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller? No, so, yeah, so basically, you this s- was... But this could have been any Joe Schmo who wrote himself a Cable Guy movie, no? This, this, guy, you could, this guy was not a Joe Schmo. This was a... It was an official logo. It was... The guy was he, clearly he, studio. I could, when he saw that I saw it, the look on his face was like, oh, fuck, who are you? Interesting. Yeah. Was there that was, was not the look of a man where it's like you just discovered who, my fan who, fiction. Who really, was there a studio logo on it? Uh, I didn't see a studio logo, but it was it was a very well written out piece, and with the with the big logo, Cable Guy Get Connected, with a proper logo. That is oh. seriously. <laughs> so you would you actually report that? Like, but you are on, on a plane show. You on this show, but you yeah. wouldn't actually like put that on Forbes. Like, there's a Cable Guy remake. That Forbes wouldn't be interested in that. In okay, but like okay, Variety's interested in that. Would you actually say go to Variety and be like, I have a scoop. I saw this on a plane, a thick dossier that said cable guy. If connected. I was doing it for Variety, I'd call the studio and find out. Okay. But this seriously, having seen what a treatment is and having seen full scripts and everything else, this looked genuinely legit. And the guy's reaction when I saw <laughs> it. Okay, so apparently the scoop is there's a possibility. That there's a Cable Guy remake. Either or a Cable Guy re- remake or sequel called Cable Guy Get Connected. Interesting. Highly unlikely that Jim Carrey would come back. Highly unlikely that Ben Stiller. I'm assuming that it would either be something that is kind of like either a, 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 a different cast 
theatrical or something that would go DVD, Netflix route. It's interesting to say, but, I think that there is actually an interesting thing to do with that property. Mm-hmm. But, like, the cable guy, that's like a dying job. I was very surprised. People I are cutting the have... cord. The cable guy. Huh? Get connected. Seriously. Okay. Okay. When I saw that, that was looked like a very legit... I thought you like studio when you, documentation. You told me before the show. You're like cable. It's cable guy uh, sequel remake. I thought you'd like talk to someone who was saying like, "Yeah, this is happening." You just saw something on a plane, and did you steal this guy's paper? I did not. I gave it back to him slowly after I'd had a look at him. Because you're like he's looking around and. and <laughs> His face, man. When oh, I, man. when he saw that I had obviously, I, he could obviously tell from me that it had piqued my interest, and that wasn't. He was with traveling with another guy, and they absolutely looked like they were not like I've written. Maybe they were I'm flying in to pitch it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So okay, there you go. Well, I've got a great pitch for Wayne's World three and for Speed three Bullet Train Fox together. Call me. Houston to Dallas. They're building a you... bullet train. This is <laughs> come on. Bullet trains are huge in China. Speed 3, Bullet Train, get Keanu and Sandy back together. Boom. Tom Hiddleston as the bomber. People responding to Cable Guy. Uh, Don Draper suggested the Cable Guy streaming now, which would have seemed like a logical thing um, for a title, but it was Get Connected. Um, Sky Patterson, I know where the Cable Guy is. A film that Jamie the Cable Guy flopped. It did. Uh, and that yeah. makes sense since Tron and Blade Runner also got sequels years later. Um, yeah. No, I think it's cool. I mean, I would love to see... I, I, I love Cable Guy. I, when I saw that movie in theaters, I was, it was I, pretty I really fucking like, empty. And I love that movie. And still to this day, it's hugely underrated. I agree with you. And it is also one of those movies that I saw the first time and didn't like because it was sold a certain way. Yeah. But it is it grew on me mm-hmm. subsequently over the years. Um, yeah, I cannot imagine Jim Carrey coming back to do he that. He would not come back for that. He's got other projects on at the moment. Like this movie he's doing with Eli Roth, this... Um, Kind of monster movie. Huh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to chew on that one, Simon. Hey, well, I'll tell you You've what. Give me things to, to think about. Why don't you take that away? Yeah. And you do a little bit of research on that. I drop that on the show. I will. I, I will do some digging. You got it. And it's Man. stronger than the Zac Efron Halloween story. <laughs> yes, I, I'll give you that. Boom. Um, so there you go. All right, so there's like 10 minutes left in the show. Is there okay. anything that you wanted to talk about before we get to the, the bad shit that we have to talk about? Uh, no, let's, let's get to the bad shit. Okay, so obviously this week, um, two uh, Hollywood figures, one more beloved than the other, uh, fell and fell pretty hard, it looks yeah. like. Um, LA Times, uh, my pal Amy Kaufman, Daniel Miller, bombshell report on Brett Ratner. Yep. Which uh, had been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, six women coming forth with allegations, but Amy has tweeted um, that more than twenty women have have come forward since the publication of that story. Uh, there's one woman, Melanie Kohler, who went on Facebook, and I had you know the, the screen grabs of this stuff, um, who was alleging you know vaginal rape mm. uh, from Radner, and he moved quickly to sue her for libel. Uh, whether it's completely false or whether he's trying to uh, potentially, you know, maybe silence other people from coming forward, like sort of scare them off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is definitely a, a legal tactic. Um, I, I feel like I want to be careful because Marty Singer is so litigious. I don't want to say the wrong thing and slander Brett Ratner up here. Everything is, you know, a- alleged. But uh, but yeah, I, I I happen to believe this this Melanie Kohler. Uh, we we you know know some of the same people. Uh, 
And I just find her story to be very credible. Yeah. She's, um, she's a very good journalist. Uh, who? Sorry, I thought you were talking about Amy. The... Uh, Amy is a very good journalist. Yeah. Melanie is, is the uh, girl who's... Whose account, you know, who went on Facebook and, and said Brett Ratner raped me, which oh, is right. much, yes. a, a yes, much yes, yes. different thing uh, than, than the other women in the Times story. Um, and oddly enough, that story would never have come to light publicly if mm. Brett Ratner hadn't sued her and then made it public. Yeah. You know, uh, and then it was all over TMZ and then, and then the trades uh, dug in on it. Um, and then you've got Kevin Spacey, uh, and you had Anthony Rapp, who's mm. on um, Star Trek, right? Star Trek Discovery. And, but I, I know and love him from Days and Confused, uh, saying that when he was a kid... And also Adventures in Babysitting. Sure. Uh, when he was a kid, Kevin Spacey uh, came, you know, came on to him, uh, basically picked him up, put him on a bed, mm. uh, got on top of him. Anthony Rapp was only 14 at the time, and yeah. Anthony Rapp didn't look 14 either and i don't mean that in the way you normally hear where guys are like well she she didn't look she 14 she looked, exactly yeah. this is the reverse yeah. anthony rap probably like looked like he was a 12 year old kid yeah. when he was 14 uh so that is a little that's pretty creepy um and, and then you've also you know you start getting people coming out of the, the woodwork on house of cards uh yeah. that there were eight to ten staffers who had a problem with stuff spacey did there's an incident uh, in the first season no one even to- told boat willimon the showrunner about this stuff um but it's uh, fucked up with, with with the kevin spacey and to get to to move away from um to, to what, what he's accused of um the show there was a big obviously big stories this week going house of cards is going to end after this season this was going to be the last season anyway so and they were looking at doing thought, spin-off shows for characters that had already been kind of put I out thought there previously. So too. I yeah. thought it was going to be the last season. Just the way, yeah. from a storytelling perspective, the way that last season ended. And that it was pretty clear that this was sort of the last hurrah. Yeah. That said, I've heard that no one... That that's not entirely true. There okay. were no real conversations about it just ending this year. Right. That's what I'd heard. Um... Yeah, I mean, but disturbing accounts, uh, and and you know they're having real consequences now. I mean, Brett Ratner isn't just Brett Ratner, the director of the Rush Hour movies. He's yeah. a producer, and yep. more than that, he's a financier. Yeah, was a four hundred and fifty million dollar co financing deal with Warner Brothers, which has cut all ties with Brett Ratner. He had a you know great offices on the lot. Those are have been taken away from him. Um, I don't know what becomes of the four hundred fifty million. Dollars. If, if Warner Brothers hangs on to that, if they try to find a new partner, mm. and if they're using uh, the Rat, P- Rat Pack funds, you know, are we still going to get Rat Pack logos in front of things? Is there going to be a Rat Pack logo in front of Justice League? Yeah, that's a huge fucking question right now. That movie comes out in f- two weeks. Yeah, it's already screening for uh, our colleagues. Yeah. Uh, some of whom saw it this week. I did not actually talk to anybody who who did see Justice League, so I don't know if the logo is there or not. Yeah, I'd be very curious to find to to find that out if any of my colleagues are listening to the show. Uh, although I was looking at the posters very closely at the Grove this week, and I didn't see the Rat Pack logo there. I wonder mm. if they moved quickly to like, you know, put out new posters without Maybe. the logo. I don't know, Simon. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is an ongoing thing, and I'm sure that these, you know, there will be more names that come out over the next couple of weeks. I don't think we've really seen the end of this um, uncloaking of what's been happening in the industry. Um, I think your your point on the the financing of projects, I think, aside from the fact that this is going to clean house, which is overdue and is welcome, um, I think we're going to see a change in the structuring of how the industry is because I think people will be less willing to... They want to be a bit more... um, uh, you know, risk aware. 
um, just in case anything goes wrong, so that funding doesn't collapse from projects, things don't move around so much. Put a bit more, look at the model, the financial model behind it, offer a little bit more stability there, so that if one thing falls out, right. it isn't a house of cards, pardon the phrase, that, that, that comes tumbling down. In, in, this, in the case of Spacey, you yeah. have a studio, uh, Sony, mm. that was planning an entire awards campaign yeah. for Ridley Scott's All the Money in the World yeah. around Spacey's performance. I certainly had him uh, in my predictions list. I think it's pretty fair to say, um, pretty much regardless of how good he is in the movie, there's no fucking chance mm. I see him getting nominated uh, by his peers. Uh, and now, in, you know, they're going to pull him off the PR tour, the you know, the promo circuit, and that's going to leave Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg to deal with some really uncomfortable questions. Yeah. I'm sure they're getting all the media training and then going over their response uh, down to the last syllable. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's going to be rough. Like, if you're a late night host, how do you have Michelle Williams or Mark Wahlberg on the show and not address that? Yeah. You know? Um, it's. I mean, it's, and they're not the only ones that are going to come up against this. You know, there are going to be people who, and poor old Michelle Williams. This is not probably the second year in a row now that she's been in a, in right, a movie with Manchester with, last year. Yeah, with a male co-star who's who's uh, has faced allegations of of, of uh, incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's really difficult. I mean, I it, it, it's it's going to affect this movie. I think this kind of thing and this relationship and the funding it is going to have some sort of knock-on effect on the industry. But you know, it's it's something that has to happen as part of of moving forward right you know but also i think it just is is a warning call to anybody in the industry who is currently behaving or thinking of behaving in this way that they yep. can do this you cannot do this your house will come tumbling down you will lose it all it's so it's just it's fascinating to me like even last year um because i i was one of the people i'll be honest saying yeah, Casey Affleck may have may have a past. He may have done some stuff, but you mm-hmm. can't deny the quality of this work, and and he deserved that Oscar a hundred percent to me. Yeah. If that happens this year, do I feel the same way? I don't know. I don't know if if like I mean, it's either way. It's not me who voted him best actor. It was his peers. Would his peers do the same thing now? I don't think so. No, I, I, no, I think if Manchester I think, comes out this year, I don't think that he wins an Oscar come March. No, I think you're absolutely right. But I think also with, you know, we have to look at people's work as people's work. I mean, there are plenty of people in the industry who have been accused of being creepazoid uh, or like have certainly of some course. interesting inclinations. And yet they, when they do a piece of work, if it's a strong piece of work, they still get the credit for that. And I think we can't take away from some of these great actors and producers and directors that you know, we, they, they have done some great work. We constantly say the films that they made that were great as shit. So I think we do have to just kind of not separate, but not necessarily not if someone does a good job. I don't know that people you know? Can, se- can separate anymore. Like if Kevin Spacey ha- happens to be amazing in this movie. Like this year, that will not, he will not you know, get a like, nomination. I don't, yeah, I just, no, he will I don't not think get so. a nomination. The, the, the tides have turned. Um, Whether that will change in the future. I mean, look, how many people have fallen out of Hollywood, you know, because of, because of a scandal and then been embraced back in a couple of years. Let's look at Mel Gibson as an example of this. For, for many, many years, Mel Gibson was persona non grata in the industry. Mm-hmm. Nobody would touch him. They didn't want to work with him. They didn't want to be seen with him. And now he's, pr- he's rising back and he's coming back. I'm not saying these guys won't get a second wind with their, or second opportunities in some of yeah, their careers. Yeah, we'll see down the line. We'll have to see. We can't predict that, what will happen. But it has happened before and it might happen again. But this year, I think you're absolutely right, there will be no award nomination for Kevin Spacey. Yeah. No one would want to put their name on that nomination it's a tough tough it's to tough. check his that box next to his name but do you know what if you do things you're not supposed to do there is a price to pay there is an, a reaction to each action and that's that's part of the deal all i can say is you know i, I hope that uh, that 
the journalists who are, are far more talented than I keep mm. uh, keep going and um, you know don't let threat threats of lawsuits uh, deter you from reporting some of these stories. Um, even you know even Variety was getting in on it this week with Dustin Hoffman and like I'm just so curious how this shit is going to affect his leg like people's legacies. Yeah, like Dustin Hoffman is a top ten actor of all time. Mm. Like, are we going to remember him that way? Uh, you know, I, I don't think the stories about Hoffman are obviously on the same level yeah. uh, as some of this stuff. But uh, which is what we have to kind of keep. That's yeah. It's like just even debating the levels thing feels yeah. creepy. Yeah, uh, it feels it feels wrong. So it does. There is no like I said last week. Someone could be walking stark naked down Hollywood Boulevard, and that doesn't give you the right to touch them or be inappropriate with them. True. You know. So yeah, um, but no, oh. it's it's a it's a it's a continually shocking and interesting time in the industry, which I think is going to have is going to affect the industry in more ways than just cleaning house. And I don't think we're quite prepared for that yet. It's, it's going to touch everybody. It touched yeah. uh, it touched my site this week, unfortunately. Um, so. On that note, I think we're going to wrap this up. Is there okay. anything you want to, to plug that's coming? Or I don't, uh, next week, I've got a great interview with um, with Joe Lynch. Um, his new movie, Mayhem, uh, hits theatres next week. I'll talk about it on the show next week. Um, really, really a couple of interesting things that, that he and I discussed. Um, really, really nice guy. Really nice guy. Great. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to plug no. myself. I'm going to see uh, Daddy's Home 2 tonight. You'll be you'll be seeing Daddy's Home too, and I'll be in Mudbound. So nice, very very different I, evenings I need for both to of see us. That. Uh, yeah, that's how I felt. I was yeah, like, I need to see that. It's time. Everybody on um, seen it has sung that praises. All right, well, that'll do it for, for me. Yeah. Movie Press. You've been watching. The, the, thank you for watching the, the Popcorn Talk Network. Yep. And uh, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. Tell your mom all about that. Uh, I'm Jeff Snyder, editor in chief of the Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. Follow me at the Insnyder. I'm Simon Thompson. You can find me at Instagram and, sh- and uh, Twitter at ShowbizSimon. I will see you next week. Have a good weekend, folks. Ragnarok! From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the owners or principals.